Welcome, I'm Rogers Anderson and we're here today in a in beautiful environment with a lady that's been a friend of mine, lives across from Franklin High School on Hillsboro Road that has a passion for hosta, Cornelia Holland. Thank you for being with us today. Well, welcome to Tranquility. Beautiful place that you have here. Tell us just a snapshot of a little bit about the history of how you got involved in this. Well, um, years ago, I understand there were no trees on this lot, and someone planted all of these trees. And I started growing roses in the back, and suddenly there was too much shade for roses. And so I bought three hostas. And from those three hostas, uh, this passion or this mania, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> has developed. Well, it's my understanding you got between 800 and 900 varieties or something, hostas. Something like that. I'm sure you don't count them every single day. I try not to. Well, as we get ready to take the tour here in just a few seconds, we want to do that and find another spot to set up and show the beauty of what you've been able to develop here. It would be so appropriate if staff would roll those cameras over to the back of your car and see <laughs> that license plate. But as we walk through this garden, I mean, you just look at the beauty that, that, that you've been able to amaze over these last several years. And one thing to notice as you do the different shapes of hostas, the leaves have the sizes because you have uh, hostas that are very small and then others that have very large uh, leaves. Well, when you talk about the hosta, and of course now, when is the convention going to be here the, in town? The American Hosta Society convention is June the 13th through the 16th at the National Airport Marriott. And it's being hosted by the Middle Tennessee Hosta Society. And on uh, Friday and Saturday, the public is invited to the see the National Hosta Show. That'd be great. It will be. Well, and you look, I mean, if we could stop here a minute and get the camera, mm -hmm. you just look at the, the, I mean, it's almost like an elephant leaf. I'm sure this has it some is. special name. This is called Sum and Substance, and it's one of the largest hostas that uh, you will find. And you just look at some of the, the different varieties. So the soil here, now I am not a hosta grower, as you mm -hmm. know, but I love my flowers and I love my, my vegetable garden. Mm -hmm. Uh, that I'm able to, but I've never invested the time and the energy into the, the hosta world. Is that uh, conducive? Is, the, is there special soil? Does it have to be acidic? Tell me a little bit about what makes a hosta uh, grow as we kind of walk through this beautiful garden. It needs to be acidic and you need some shade. You need their shade tolerance, but they do need some sun also. You just can't have afternoon sun on them. And uh, I use a wide variety of soils and uh, manures. We put goat manure on last year. So I just amended the soil. And I grow in containers and I use uh, an amended soil there. And the stovepipes, where'd you get that idea? Well, that is to grow mint in primarily and to keep it from getting invasive. So. Um, it's, uh, I've had some of those for about 15 years and, and uh, just keep changing, changing things out. Well, as I look at all these varieties, just, just as we stand around here, as we come forward a little bit more, there just doesn't seem to be any bugs or anything, no holes on the leaves. Uh -oh, how uh -oh. have you? Uh, <laughs> You're how, looking from afar. <laughs> uh, how have you managed to do that? 
Well, it takes a lot of slug bait uh, to keep the holes down. Oh, it's just just beautiful, and 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 you get this whole setting, this tranquility. What a uh, appropriate name that you've got. Name. Mention some other uh, names that you've got here, so that we can kind of. This one is Guardian Angel, and you'll notice the variegation on the plant. Hostas are basically green or yellow, or have a coating on them that makes them look blue. And then you have almost a wax. It is a wax. It is a wax. And when it gets hot, that wax melts, and then your blue hosta may look more green as the season progresses. Here's a nice blue one over in the corner that we can look at in a little while. Now this one here that almost has a pumpkin-shaped leaf. It does. You have long leaves, you have round leaves. This is one of the smaller hostas here. Just. Growing pots, because people ask me why I grow in pots, uh, it's difficult to grow under maple trees that I have out front because of the roots and then I ran out of room so <laughs> yeah now I am vertically gardening you can put a pot in and get another big hosta where I couldn't get it right in here <laughs> all right I've got to ask now the ones that we're kind of standing in right now the majority of them are not in pots although there's plenty of pots around mm -hmm. us but in the winter times are they able to help uh, to they take are. to take the temperature changes if here you have a good pot that's made well it will a some good them, pot that's made well, yes, uh -huh. such as clay? Clay, but some of the clays are not made as well as other clays, so you just have to learn how to buy your pot. So you're not going to, in this 30-minute show we have, we're not going to get into everything to make me a, a, no, a, a no, hosta no, no, professional. No, mm -mm, no. All right. Because it's been by trial and error here. <laughs> you can grow in just plastic pots, or you can grow in the composite pots, so it doesn't have to be a clay pot. We're here. An expensive pot grows just as well as a, a very expensive pot. We're going to take a little break. We're okay. going to sit down and we're going to have a discussion and kind of just get in depth a little bit more on your involvement with Hosta in this beautiful garden that you have here on Hillsboro Road. Right. We're going to make you a professional, right? We'll see. Okay. Well, we've had a little quick tour in here. Now we're having the opportunity to sit down. I noticed right to your right, my immediate left, maybe somewhere in this show they can get a, a picture. That's a real small hosta. Some hostas are no bigger than an inch long and maybe a half inch wide. Those are miniature hostas. Now, over, over this period of time that you have spent developing this garden, and it's hard to believe, I mean, the. the the TV show will not show the true beauty of this, but as you look around us, there's apartments behind us, there's heavy traffic on the front side, a school is within baseball throw distance of your front door, mm -hmm. and you've just amazingly developed a beautiful garden, and it's got to be frustrating, but it's also got to be so rewarding. You know, it's really peaceful. You can hear the birds, you forget the traffic. Once you are here for a while, then you don't hear the traffic. So if you think about the birds and the quietness here, and that seems hard to believe when you're just coming in and the traffic is hard to get in and you hear it and such. You're on about an acre? About a half acre. About a half acre lot. And as we kind of have this TV show and swat a few of the, the bugs that are around just in it, but, but there's got to be times 
that you just come out here and just bury, immerse yourself in getting away from everybody and everything. I try to. I have difficulty not seeing the weeds and such, so I have to practice that. <laughs> it's good when friends come because that way friends show me the garden. By them leading me through the paths, they show me the garden and I see things that I don't see necessarily when I'm just looking at the garden. Well, if because I've known you for several years and I know that this didn't just happen overnight. Behind our TV crews is a mulch size uh, <laughs> that's uh, at least one dump load. Um, good old mulch, that's, rich. That's a small, that's, the, that's what's left. All the tree leaves are mulched. And so we have a huge mulch pile to, to work from each year. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. Our society and our community is uh, we're into this new buzzword called green. And of course, mm -hmm. everything in here is green. Mm -hmm. You've got green on today, mm -hmm. and you do uh, recycle in a different mm -hmm. in a different verbiage. Um, but talk to me a little bit about the time involved in this. And to you, it's not a it's strictly a labor of love but but it is a lot of back breaking I won't tell my favorite story on you over the years of how I've got to know you but it was an interesting story and it was because you were bent over always working with your hands true, in the soil true I've done a lot of the work in in the last couple of years I have had help because of the convention uh, I am chairman of the convention and in addition to that there will be about 400 people visiting the garden uh, during the convention, and so uh, I just I've had to have help to get it ready. I couldn't do both jobs at the same time, but I do want to let people know that uh, on Sunday, June the 17th, I'm going to open the garden between uh, 10 and 2 p.m. 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. for those who would like to come and see the garden, and um, I hope they will come and enjoy. We've got a convention coming up here just in a actually a few days. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's probably people that are going to watch this show and want to make contact with you, either through a website or a telephone number. Could you share that with us? The Local Hostess Society website is mths-hosta.com. And the convention website is hosta2012.com. Now, when you talk about a convention, and, and, and this is definitely a, a show, showcase for what what's, you have such a deep passion for, are there other people in our community that have gardens similar to this? There are. Mm -hmm. There will be seven gardens on um, the convention tours, and they range from up at Springfield to Franklin. And then uh, in addition to that, we're bringing a uh, tour to Carton and the Carter House because Carton has a period garden that the attendees are, are hoping to see, are wanting to see. And what do you mean by that word, period garden? Uh, the plantings are uh, as they would have been around 1860, 1870. You see the old plants and how it would have been when the family was living there. And, and this the the hosta convention that that you're hosting and having it here at, really on, at your house yeah. uh, <laughs> literally not a lot of parking probably could park over at Franklin High School That's and, the best place you and walk over be careful as you cross Hillsboro um, Pike out here to come over but um, there's there's just uh, there seems to be a drawback to times of um, when 
your parents and my parents had gardens and they really tended to it in a little different fashion than we think of it today. Mm -hmm. the way we, we see that great connect of uh, people identifying and, and oftentimes I've been told that you identify with a particular flower and people really see you in that flower. Probably so. Well, what started me in hostas was fragrance. And there is a hosta that many know as the August lily that their grandparents had. That a, has a huge white flower that blooms in the evening and it's very fragrant. And as the, the sun faded from this garden and more shade appeared, then I started growing hostas and I started with the fragrant hostas. And then I discovered others, you know all the different colors, the small ones, the large ones, those that have red on the stems. Just, um, I've been through all those quirks of hostels and, uh, you know, the new things. So. Well, I would, I'm sure as people are watching this show and they're asking, what has been the biggest challenge for you in these years as you have developed your garden the way you wanted to? I mean, it's the bricks and the moss, and you've mm -hmm. kept it as natural, and the, the pea gravel that's laying around here. But what's been the biggest challenge? But on the other side, what's been the biggest, uh, the rewards that you've had? Um, people usually talk about deer and moles and things like that. My biggest challenge has been freeze. And this garden breaks dormancy usually in uh, mid-March. Uh, about two weeks ago, this garden was covered with frost cloth for about four days. I bought frost cloth for the first time. Usually the garden just freezes or has a lot of damage from a late frost. But I could not let it go down this year because of the, the uh, convention. So everything here was wrapped up in frost cloth. People, you know, were, those that weren't texting, driving by, we're almost wrecking the car to see what was going on over here. <laughs> I did I did see that as I went to and from work and, and saw all the cloths. Now, I'll have to confess also, I did go home. I didn't buy the frost cloth. I bought the sheets and the old quilts, mm -hmm. and I did cover up a lot of my mm -hmm. garden to protect them, but nothing nothing of the magnitude of this. And that, it worked. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's a challenge every year mm -hmm. based on Middle Tennessee weather. Mm -hmm. The rewards of this have got to be just numerous, but... The rewards to me are the flowers. Most people grow hostas for the foliage, but as I said, I started with fragrant flowers. And then if you look at hosta flowers, they're different. They're different colors, they have different uh, markings in the flower, and to me, that is, that's one of my favorite things. And do you have a favorite? Plantagenia. <laughs> What's, what is it? Plantagenia, or Plantagenia. That is the fragrant species. That's the August lily, the one with the huge... The one you started with. The one that I started with. That's, that's my, my favorite. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the convention. Mm -hmm. What can people expect if they... And, and you're inviting people over here. I'm inviting people to the, uh, to the garden on Sunday. Uh, They're also welcome to register for the convention. You don't have to be a member of either society to, to uh, attend. Um, they are, the public though is invited to the National Hosta Show, which would be on the website for um, the convention. And they will see possibly up to about a thousand different hosta leaves and entries. Uh, all sizes, things that have not been introduced yet to um, the uh, public for sale. So it's a great time to go and see uh, what is available in the world of hosta. 
do you spend a lot of time in the convention activities that 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 you it is filled from people will be coming from US Canada and and some from Europe um, some will go on uh, tours on Wednesday on Thursdays we have um, scientific programs during uh, the, during the entire uh, convention we have about seven um, scientific programs. We have two historic talks, one on Adelicia, Aclean, and one on the Southern Biscuit. Uh, now wait a minute, what's a Southern Biscuit? The Southern Biscuit, uh, it's a DVD, uh, Marianne Bird has written a, a book, The Rise of the Southern Biscuit, and talks about where you get the best biscuits traveling. Literally? Literally, yes, yes. She, Did they stop by my mother's house? They may have. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best biscuits. <laughs> Then we will have uh, vendors from uh, various areas of hostedom. Um, there will be banquets. Uh, we have a, our keynote speaker will be George Smith, who is 82 and has spent his life uh, studying hosta species that are found in Asia. That's where hostas come from originally. So we have four days from, that are filled from 6.30 a.m. till midnight. Well, I'm sure the people that are watching this will have the opportunity to see something here in Franklin that you normally would not always have the opportunity to see. Mm -hmm. And it's so wonderful for you to open up your your place here, your home here, and show this. Let's get back to some of the the, the, the hosta, the life cycle of a of a hosta plant. It it pretty much takes care of itself, except for some. Um, it needs water. It needs water. Mm -hmm. And do we have a sprinkling system here? We have one, yes. Mm -hmm. And and it needs about a, uh, an inch of water a week. I have impatience in the garden, and I sort of use them as a barometer of do I need water? Because when they start wilting, then the hostas are probably uh, needing water, and they lose water through their leaves. So if it's windy as it has been. You're losing more water, so you may have to water more often. And and is that I need a, a break on my water bill too? <clears> you know, <throat> that would be the Franklin there? City Mayor, and uh, but we we could talk to we'll him. We'll get him out here next. <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> other items that you kind of have to pay particular notice to in raising hostas, anything other than they do need water. But once you put them in the pots or once you put them in the plants, that's about it. That's about it. Give them fertilizer, give them water, and and they will grow and and flower, and then. And uh, starting in late fall, they'll go to rest and, and sleep for a few months and then reappear. On the front side of the house, which we're on the back side of the house, mm -hmm. if you um, have a little orientation, you have a little bit of different variety of flowers out there, it seems to me. I have, well, again, because of the maple trees, I just realized I couldn't grow hostas very well. And so primarily uh, what's out there are azaleas, have a lot of ferns. I also grow a Japanese plant called Rhodia, R-O-H-D-E-A, which is uh, relatively new to the U.S. It's, it's difficult to find and it's slow growing, but it's evergreen. And I try to have a lot of evergreen plants in the garden. Knock the bug off from okay, you. Okay, so, uh, so we'll have some winter interest and not just uh, pots sitting everywhere. Now, Looking at the hostas that we've got around here, we've got about four minutes left in our show that that we can share this information with people. If if, if do you ever sell or divide? I know right oh. this time, 
That's great. I don't divide uh, because I want to see how large the plant will grow in this environment. Uh, they grow better in the north than they do in the south with the heat. But on May the 12th, the Middle Tennessee Hospice Society will be having their annual sale at the parking lot of the um, Maryland Farms YMCA from 8.30 to 2. So uh, we welcome anyone to come to that for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, when you, <coughs> you think about the plants, and particularly the state flower, the Irish, mm -hmm. The iris is a plant that, that doesn't stay around very long. The bloom mm -hmm, doesn't, mm -hmm. and uh, yet it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. But the way to share that is to divide or mm -hmm, separate mm -hmm. and divide, and it's so easy to do. But mm -hmm. And I do know that, that my mother had several hosta around the old home place, and when she wanted to separate them, she would just take an ax and separate them, move them over, and they would flourish. Absolutely, absolutely. So when I look at all of these, and what a wonderful testimony to your green thumb with your green clothes, uh, it's just, it's incredible to me that you could create something and uh, the, of this true beauty amongst all of these. I mean, we've got trees here, the evergreens, we've got the, the poplars, we've got the, I guess that's uh, hickory and oak. And, and uh, cherry and, and uh, a little bit of everything, even an ironwood over on the side. <coughs> Well, in an ironwood tree is the house next door uh, and down the street. I know used to, actually I live there, as you know, mm -hmm. and they had a old ironwood tree, which is a high BTU tree. It's a gorgeous tree, yes. but slow it growing. is mm -hmm. slow growing and offers just beautiful shade. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really a very pretty tree. And I've noticed around here, you've just had a lot of pruning, not okay. recently, but you've had pruning done to these trees when you look around to get this kind of upper growth and, and it's that canopy effect. You have to have that because they do, the plants do require sun and I had too much shade and so we have been um, raising the canopy for a couple of years now. We've got about a minute left. I'm sure that I've overlooked something or something that you would like to uh, leave the people with a thought on. I do want to touch on the convention dates and times and, and the opportunity people to visit, to visit this garden. So if you would share that and anything else that I've overlooked. Okay, the convention is June 13th through the 16th at hosta2012.com for full information on it. Look at schedule for the public time for, for seeing the show. And then the garden here will be open on Sunday, June the 17th from 10 to 2. Uh, and just come and enjoy it. See the hosta, see the companion plants and uh, the evergreen plants that you can have a garden all year long with those. And uh, the hosta sale again? Hosta sale is Saturday, May the 12th, Maryland Farms YMCA parking lot, 8.30 to 2. Just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And we thank you for letting us tape out here because there's a lot of folks that just do not realize what beauty you have here on Hillsborough Road. And they're welcome to come work. <laughs> I'm sure of that. Just the hostels. And as we, as we sign off again, I say thank you for opening up your house and your garden, and congratulations on two green thumbs. Thank you so much.